And what's up, everybody? It's Joe from Joe's Compendium here with a new episode, and I uh, got a good friend of mine. I met this man a couple cons ago. Uh, it's been about a few years since I've gotten to know him, and he's cool shit. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, DJ Taylor Senpai. All right, all right, all right. So, we've been trying to set this up for God knows how long, and it's been <laughs> such a, it's been such an issue, but we're finally here doing this, and it's already looking great. So, yeah. first things first, MomoCon just happened. Uh, how was it? I don't, I know you were there, and you were doing the usual stuff. I believe you said you, de- you DJed a couple sets there, too, this weekend? Yes. Um, this MomoCon was amazing. This is my second time at parents, uh, making an appearance at, uh, this year. Um, I was here for the, their fourth official after party presented by Sonic Boombox. And um, this year, it was great. We had over 700 pe- um, people attended the party. It was amazing. Uh, people, our uh, first 100 uh, uh, attendees had a free pop figure courtesy of um, Plastic Empires, where they sell all the pop figures, um, figurines, and all the other stuff, et cetera. And uh, yeah, I love it. Um, I'm looking forward to next year uh, for, you know, they get their attendees has gotten a massive record. So that's a good, that's a good um, rewarding for them. And yeah, it was really awesome. I love the people down there. Plus I love Atlanta, man. Who doesn't love Atlanta where you have great peaches and, and Waffle House. And most of all, <laughs> you have so many nerds and weeds down there. Like, it's like, it's like a whole community. And I love it. Yeah, no, like, for the longest time, for as long as I can remember, Atlanta didn't have much of anything besides Dragon Con. Now, not to diss Dragon Con, because Dragon Con's arguably one of the biggest cons on the East Coast. But to have, like, multiple cons in the same state, where Boston has PAX East and Anime Boston and Boston Comic Con, all three different levels of impact impact and uh, attendees, but still multiple cons that bring a lot of money to the city. So having MomoCon, fourth year, big attendance like that, I'm definitely looking to attend it next year because it's looking lit. It's amazing, man. Like, I mean, so many guest stars came through there. The, um, ha- some of the cast from the uh, Overwatch appearance was there. Uh, also, Steve Blum, a.k.a. Uh, Spike. From Cowboy Bebop, aka Tom from Tsunami, was there. Uh, it was a, uh, a biggest esports e- match. Uh, I believe the Atlanta, the Atlanta uh, has won their victory, from what I heard. Um, it was just a mini competitive, and they have a good uh, anime viewing of My Hero Academia. And yeah, it, they show everything down there. And uh, I was also DJing for the uh, Blur Combo. Uh, th- those that don't know, like I was there the whole entire weekend after the after after at the after party during the day, I was DJing, um, you know, playing play some good music for everybody. So. Yes, yes. Now that goes right into the next topic, Blurred Con. Now this year, I, I've seen I've seen people talk about it last year, but this year I saw a lot of people talk about it in force. Now for the people listening, do you mind explaining what Blurred Con's all about? All right. Well, BlurCon is obviously if no, if anybody doesn't know what Blur means, it means black nerds. So BlurCon is about celebration of people of color, not just people of color, people who is uh, celebrating in LGBT community, the disability community, and international as well. Place we all get together. Uh, knowledge one another. It's like a when you go to BlurCon, it's like a big family reunion. 
receive one another from previous conventions, but like, let's have our own convention where we just be ourselves or uh, be, do what we want to do. Like this year, they um they they doing the uh the I believe the barbecue. That's that's something different from any other times. We, yeah, we're doing official barbecue there. A barbecue. Yes. All right, hold on. Now what? Now for what? What days are these again? What days is this? It's a three day con, four day con. This, this is a three day con. Uh, starting in July thirteenth through the fourteenth. Okay, 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 okay. All right, that's an official barbecue. I've never heard of anybody do that. I mean, like, like you hear a lot of different things. Like, you have Otocon and uh, Anime Expo that have, like, the really big concerts and everything, but a barbecue. That is the first I've heard any con do that. That sounds lit. I mean, but, it's amazing. So, from what I'm hearing from BlurCon, this is really just a good thing in general. Like, the bigger the group you bring, the better. The more people you bring, the better. You know, you get to learn about a lot of different things. It sounds like the panels be kind of lit, too. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, it's so many panels that you'd be surprised. Like, um, last year, I visited uh, my good friend named Scoop, who um, did cooking and anime. So, he dressed up as one of the characters from the uh, Food Wars, and he just shows a good presentation about how to cook and cook um inspired from the anime show like the uh the bread um wow you actually took things out of creation and put it in real life and it's actually pretty good it's actually not bad oh that sounds delicious on top of that um you have like um what i like about BlurCon is that it's it's 24 hours it's like MacFest. You just keep it. Just don't stop. It starts Friday and ends on Sunday, three a.m. to do whatever. Either a three a.m. panel, three a.m. workshop, four a.m. arcade, and five a.m. breakfast, or you know, still partying, a concert, or something like that. Now that actually is really nice. I mean, like as of late, like a lot of people, a lot of the cons that we go to these years, they all end around midnight, one o'clock, and. We've, we like the fact that it ends late, but realistically, we really do like those MAGFest and, like, BlurCon, the ones that are, like, go really, really late into the night. And that's, that's, one of the main things I, for me, because I used to go to Kineticon, it was, one of my, it was one of my first cons that I went to after my first year at AB in 2010, and one of the things that I liked about Kineticon is that they had, they didn't necessarily run 24 hours, but they had certain rooms where they were just playing anime for 24 hours, and you know what? That's what a lot of con people like, you know? They'd be able to just wind down, go to a random-ass room, and just be like, yeah, there's some random-ass anime playing, let's see, we'll see what that's about. Yeah. So, I agree. That's, that's good to hear. I definitely will be trying to go I don't know if I'm going because I got a lot of stuff planned, Man. but like that's that's something that I'd want to probably plan more in advance because I want to start doing panels. Dude, I guarantee you, if you want, if you have panels and ideas, BlurCon is the way to do it. Unfortunately, I believe last month ago they cut off the submission panels, but you can still enter it for next year's BlurCon 2020. And I'll give you more reason to go to BlurCon. Not only is 24-hour nonstop uh, operating convention, and not only they have a barbecue down there, they have a cosplay brunch, they have a cosplay maid cafe, they even have a food truck down there, they even have the two two major concerts, and they have special guests Estelle, aka 
Garnet from Steven Universe, and they have the voice, voices from uh, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, what's his name? His name, oh my gosh. It just pops in my head. Like it, it, It'll pop back to you. It'll pop back to you. It pops back yeah. to me, but it's okay. That's, that's next year? No, this uh, it's actually happening this year. Oh my god, I really... Estelle oh. and everyone, all this major special guests, even Samurai Ryder is coming to BlurCon this that's year. That's absurd. That is... If you don't like, if people who don't know Cowboy Bebop and Steven Universe, Steven Universe is one of the um, bigger pop hits from this past few years, and Cowboy Bebop is arguably one of the best anime of uh, our time of our generation. And to have yes. people from both of those show up, especially Garnett, Garnett, I think is one of the fan favorites. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's awesome! I know a lot of people who listen to this podcast who would love to go meet these people, but. Speaking on concerts, there is one thing that I wanted to touch up on in uh, Otakon. Yes. There is some talk. Well, not some talk. They announced that they were doing a con. They're, they're like showing off their lineup for all their concerts they're doing that weekend. And they talked about having a new job as tribute concert. And when they said that, I couldn't find much more information on exactly who was playing for these concerts. Do you know anything about this? Because like, I'm I'm about a I'm about a paycheck away from just dropping five hundred dollars and making sure I can go. Because that's new new job is one of my all time favorite producers, and to see a concert involving anything to attribute to new job is is a life dream for me. That is. Dude, this is this that's the job for you. Um to be honest, I haven't heard um much news about uh the special events at Otacon. But however, I am being participate in the official Otacon at the party by Sonic Boombox. So Sonic Boombox. They they do they host quite a few of the uh after parties, which what cons do they normally hit? Because you work with them a lot. You work with them in yeah. Senpai uh Senpai's with Attitude. Correct. Well, for, yeah, but fortunately, um, I decided to um, leave um, all the toxic attitude uh, on, a, on a on a professional level. These guys, I wish them nothing but the best. They've been, you know, they picked me up and they opened up doors for me, and I, you know, tell them like, "Hey guys, this is awesome." And I'm more of a solo solo type of guy, so you know, I just respectfully, you know, wish them nothing but the best and. I keep doing my keep doing with keep doing what I need to do for myself, and that's where Sonic Boombox came and picked me up and just said, "Hey, hey, wanna uh, we see you, DJ? We see how you interact with the crowd. We love how you give energy. Why don't you come spin for us?" I was like, "Sure, no problem." And ever since then, they've been they've been hosting major events like New York Comic Con at the parties, uh, uh, Otakon at the parties. They right now we're getting ready for this year's. Anime Expo after party, so <clears throat> so they're they're getting their hands dirty. I like it. I like it. Oh yeah, they they are they are definitely uh, taking over the game right now. So I'm just very honored to be part of the team, and uh, it's been great working with them. John and Cindy, if you're listening, I love you guys. You are awesome. All right, now speaking of spinning, like I I have dabbled a little bit in just about anything when it comes to entertainment. Like I am in the process of hopefully going to school for music production. As you see, I'm doing podcasts now. I love music in general, and I've done my own fair share of DJing. Now, how did you get started, and how long did it take for you actually 
got to where you are now? Oh man, to be honest, it all, it all started when I was 12 years old, man. When I just like just listening, just remember back in the day you watched 106 in Park for AJ and Free. The original yes, so yes. I just started, you know, getting all these top 10 songs and. Then it got on from MTV to MTV2, where they used to have, like, number music videos, but now it's gone, reality TV shows now. Yeah. So I started collecting each songs, and just, like, when you hear that one song, you, you, you notice now these days, music has have, had the same similarity. And so my uncle, my, my friend, well, he's, he's like an uncle to me, but he's a friend, but he teached me how to turn use the turntables, switch from one song to another song. Not just practice, go from there. And then normally I can chance to DJ. I only do it for my family events like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Right. So um, when I got a chance uh, at my second job, they was looking for a DJ for their cookout party. So I was like, hey, I DJ a little bit. So they gave me a chance. They, you know, they appreciate the music I play for them. It was like an official you know, the black cookout where you play like Luther Vandross, some Earth yep. Fire. Yep, so, I know what you mean. So, so 112 and uh, Jagged Edge. So, you know, everybody <laughs> had a great time. They're they loving it. And so it just blew up. And then when people heard about me, they was like, yo, you got business cards? Like, I, like I just had them out and I've just started DJing from birthday parties to retirement parties to a major convention event. And that's what lead me into MacFest. MacFest, um, I got a chance to meet a group, awesome group of guys that call ninjas, aka Con Legends, uh, where they host um, parties at um, conventions. So I tell them, hey, I DJ, so why not we start a party and I play the music? And then it just started growing from there. People just started learning and learning and just coming through there. And then that's when I majorly hit BlurCon, the year one. So people may not know this, but Okay, we're going to let you in with a little secret. So year oh, one, yeah. okay, they already had a special guest DJ there. So right. it was he was good. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, dog him out. He, he's really good. And I was in my hotel room hotel room with my friends, and they were just like, so Chris, I mean, Senpai, where are you going, are you going to DJ? I'm like, uh, I'm not going to DJ because they already got one. No, nah, we're, going, we're going to make up a room, and we're going to make sure you have a party. So... He and my homeboy, uh, Koshka, a.k.a. DJ uh, LeBizzle, he DJ alongside with me that night. We took, we took over one of the, the workshop um, rooms in BlurCon. We took, we took over the workshop room. We turned it into a party space, and we told everybody that's 21 and up, IDs and BYOB, come yep. through, have, yep. fun, have fun with us. And next thing you know, it was just packed. It was hot. It was crazy, and we partied till 5 a.m. And then the next day, people was telling the chairman, Hilton George, like, can we have that DJ from that party? And he wasn't aware of any of this. He was just like, what's going on? So <laughs> they had no idea. The staff didn't know about it. It was just, this, this is what the underground parties. And then that's where uh, I talked with Attitude and Maki Hines, uh, Maki Rowe, um, picked me up and they asked me to be their opening DJ for Otakon after party three boombox and just ever since then it's been launching and it's been great ever since then dude that sounds like a wild ride from 12 years old like that's a good start a lot of people don't realize what they want to do around that age and to be able to start with music that early is a great thing 
Like yeah. me, when I was start when I first started really getting into music, like I listened to hip hop with my dad. My dad was a huge Biggie fan. Oh yeah. And my mom listened to a lot of gospel. So like a lot of people might knock it, but gospel has a lot of music in it. Oh, it's got a lot of vocals, a lot of very simple instrumentals, but they're very well done and they're, they're very, very well they're they're very inspiring. They're pushed to make it a focus for the vocals as opposed to some other styles where the instrumental might overtake the artist, which happens a lot. And right. especially nowadays, like I'm, I've listened to music nowadays, and it's like there are some artists that'll try to rap, but then I'll sit there and I'll be like, I don't care about this dude rapping. I want to know who this instrumentalist is. Like the person exactly. who made this beat. Like exactly, I, it's absurd. Like one of the one of the main things for that. I mean, like shout outs to him. Like Jordan Lucas, he just dropped a new uh, single with a uh, Logic, and oh. that one, yeah, ISIS, yeah, yeah, yeah. He that song wasn't bad. I liked it. But the person who made that that beat the producer for that song yeah i need to find him i need to find out who he is he did a phenomenal job with the samples he used i love the way he mixed up that song it was great but yeah no when it comes to music and stuff like that it's like i i love i love watching djs do their sets i have a lot of friends who dj and it's awesome learning from them because one of my good, one of my really close friends, a guy named DJ Tommy P, and another guy called DJ Pyrus, they they were the ones that pretty much got me into DJing and got me into like working on the turntables and mixing and all of that. And I learned a lot from just watching and practicing with them. And they do all this; they do all the same stuff, like they DJ parties, they DJ weddings, funerals, all of that. And it's it's a lot of fun. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, man, I'm just messing with you. Yeah, but like, it's it, it's DJing is just like it's a great it's a great way to get into media and a great way to get into music if you want to do it, production if you want to do it, or even podcasting if you want to do it because it all uses the same simple uh, theories essentially. So I agree. That's it, it's it's a wonderful thing. Now, <sighs> when no moment cons coming up, colossal cons coming up. Yeah. I know there's a lot of parties going on Colossal Con. Oh my god. Is there anything spicy you can give me, tell me for Colossal Con? For these people? Oh man, I told my squad I won't tell them about this. Uh, we got a, a, a very sweet uh, hotel room for Colossal Con. Uh, I just told, I told them my words. I won't say nothing until we get there. So uh, all I can say is that I'm the headliner for Colossal Con, the after party. At, at the one of the villas, so shout out to uh, DJ Hentai. That shout out to John. Shout out to all the other DJs that was there last year. They asked me to um to come perform this year again. I I literally looking forward to it. So all I can say is be aware of lights, camera, and a whole lot of people getting lit. So, oh man, I agree with that. See. <clears throat> I went to Colossal Con last year, and I was there. I saw you DJ your set. There was two or three DJs, and I think you were the second one that went up. Yeah. And I was doing my own thing in the room. I was, like, helping around because I was, like, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the same people from Con Legends yeah. and all of that, too. And your set, when you went on, from the moment you went on, from the moment you got off that set, your set was on point. Like, the whole place was thumping the entire time. Oh, man. And it was, like... It was hard for one. It was hard for some of the other DJs to actually keep up with it, and I noticed it. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Like, 
you gotta like one of the um one of those biggest quotes that I always remember from one of my good friends, uh, DJ Pantan that lives just out in the Boston area. He was telling me about how he um had a he opened for another DJ. I can't remember the name of it, but this DJ like a couple shows ago had been like, look. I love the fact that it's like a lot of these DJs who open for me like don't try to bring out their best, but like I want you to bring out your best. I want you to try to up show me because I'm still going to out show you. And my boy did it. Like he played probably one of the best sets of his life, and the DJ shouted him out, and then still you know outplayed him. It was like it was a great thing. It's like a lot of people don't understand that you got to bring your A game even if you're opening for somebody because to be honest, I mean like you, it, it's how you get up there. It's how you do it, and it, it helps the crowd. Don't nobody want a quiet guy to start it unless that's your forte. Like if your if your forte is anticipation and building up stuff, that you roll with it. Absolutely. But like it, it's it's you gotta play your strengths and you gotta bring your A game. Otherwise, you're not really doing anything for yourself. Absolutely. And that's huge thing that I took from him. Yeah. So I, I agree because um, to be honest, this is where I started coming out of the scene when I did my opening for. Uh, Otakon at the party th- three years ago, I had self-doubt. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be good like these guys that's been doing, that been DJing for a long time. And I'm just, my friends was like, listen, you've been doing this for a long time. You got this. And all it, what, what I like about DJing is it's, a, it's art form. You know, you, you show people what your, what your skill is, what, you, what you've been practicing on, and people just love the way. You, I, love, I like how, how to read the crowd. I like to read their, that, their good vibe. And then if they feel my music, I'm feeling them, it's going well. And then not only you DJing, but you need to give the people your energy. You need to interact with them. Let them know, like, hey, anybody have a good time? Make some noise. And they just go crazy. Or if they know the, uh, the song to Yu Yu Hashiko, they'll be going to sing it along. And I tell them, you know the words, go ahead and sing it. And people love it. People love how you engage the crowd, how you interact with the crowd. And then on top of it, you'd be surprised how, you know, so many people that come, 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 come to see me perform and then after I get off the set, it's like everybody's gone, and, and the other DJ is like, "Whoa, how can I get these guys back after him?" Like, it's it's, it's all about it's rough. It's all, yeah, it's rough. But I tell other DJs out there, you got you got what it takes. You have the confidence. You know what you've been doing. You've been practicing in the basement, or in your room, or <laughs> in the studio. Just do what's best for you. Take the challenge. Don't fear failure. You got what it takes. Oh. It's that's honestly great advice. And anybody listening who's trying to get into DJing, trying to get into music, anything like that, like you look, you is all the best you can do is go to these shows. Like one of the best things I ever did was I just sat there and I just went to these shows and I watched and I listened and I looked at the songs that they chose. I figured out, you know, what people liked, what people didn't like. Like when I'm when I'm um, one of the t- one of the days I was helping one of, uh, my boy DJ Tommy P. We were DJing a I think it was a Christmas party mm-hmm. at a bar. Yeah. And my forte when I DJ with them, I specialize in rolling with the uh, '90s style music. I know how to mix it. I know how to mix it in with some of the newer stuff too. So it's like I usually roll with that, and I always pay attention to which songs they like. And going from like. Going from G E Z into Biggie, and then from Biggie to Jordan Lucas, and then from Jordan Lucas to Drake, and Drake to Wayne's. Like 
figuring out that weird mix of 90s and newer stuff to really kind of pull in those people because some people like they'll hear those old songs and they'll be like, oh, oh okay 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 yeah. and then you choose that one song that thumps that's kind of new they're like all right all right all right and then like you keep layering it and making it so like they're they constantly on that like tip that high that like oh yeah yeah i can really get behind this and it's it's a it's a great high although one of the funniest things that I still see consistently to this day as somebody who's on bit on both sides is DJ Request. Oh. Now, DJ Request. Like anybody listening, I like go ahead and make your request, but just understand that if you come up to us and you ask for a dumb song, we're gonna we're we're gonna tell you, you know, we'll try to fit it in. But Realize, like, if you're asking for like Mariah Carey when I'm sitting here playing Tupac or Biggie, and I, like the crowd's like dancing through the ceiling, I'm not playing Mariah Carey if I don't need to. Yeah, like, I don't care. Like, I'm not trying to go from like in energy from a thousand to energy to ten because <laughs> you want to slow dance with your girl in the corner over there trying to impress her. Exactly. Like, it's not happening. Like, get with get with it. Like, or go to a different room or go to a different party. Like, we're not. That too much of a change like that is just too much to ask. It's so ridiculous. That is one of my pet peeves and double edged sword. Um, what I like about what I don't like about some quests, like you said before, um, sometimes you don't ask for Mariah Carey off of Tupac. Everybody's vibing off of Tupac, and then you come out nowhere with Mariah Carey. Everybody's gonna look at you like look at the DJ like, "Yo, what are you doing?" And I'm yeah. just like, yo, I'll tell people, let them know, hey, I got a request from this guy right here. I will put them out there. This, I got a request from this guy. You can blame him. He's the one that's responsible for this. So y'all take it out on him. But this, this and this also a good side of song requests because you'd be surprised that one song request actually turns up the party. Like, I had a hard time accepting people's song requests, but then I was like, you know what? Let me give this a try. And then next thing you know, hey, Look at the crowd. They gone crazy after you played that one song. Like, oh, can you play uh uh Daft Punk uh, one more time? And I'm playing like a you know, a trap art uh, trap hip hop. I'm like, okay, uh I'm gonna see how I can work with this. But you know, I'm not gonna forget that that song quest. And then I see the vibe is slowing again down. So I'm like, you know what, let me go ahead and try this out. And as soon as I played Daft Punk, everybody just exploded, like, yo, oh my god, one more time. And I'm like, that's yeah. why there's a there's a uh uh a con and uh, a good good and bad of song requests, but in the end this is all part of the life of DJs, you know, this is what we do. Yeah. Exactly. Like I love I love people who can read the mood and make a song request that makes sense. That's yeah. like like no matter what, like I agree. I like take the song that they choose and I'll at least give it a listen if I don't know the song already. And if I feel like I can fit it in Oh, I'm putting it in, hundred percent. But like, it's those songs that I know, that I know that will ruin the mood. I don't like, and I see. That's what I saw from um, the party last year. Is that those? One of the DJs, they like had everybody at a high. Oh yeah. And then just went to a really weird song choice, and just kind of went down from there. Like everybody just kind of stopped dancing, and it was really bad. It was yeah. I was watching the crowd reaction, and everybody was just kind of like slowing down. They were doing their own thing now. It was, it wasn't something that uh, anybody really enjoyed. And it's just like, 
you gotta you gotta pick up on that kind of stuff when you're DJing and people start to lose the momentum, they start to relax. Like it's not in the, you can't have everybody starting to relax at twelve o'clock. It's when the night's really starting to thump. Yeah, because trust me, it's, that's one thing DJs we must understand our crowd's behavior, the way they the energy. That is the most important thing you have to do. I understand you had that one song that thinking like, oh, this is fine. Making the crowd hot. It's that dude, because if you're playing uh, electrical dance music at 125 beat per minute, yes, that's awesome. But so one song that's like 85 minute per minute beat per, beats per minute, people's gonna be like, yo, it went from doom, 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 to doom, 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 and, and I've seen it many times with DJs, and then that's when everybody just started walking away. I was like, man, dude, it's now it's kind of hard for you to pick that up, pick that back up. And to be honest, I made that a couple of mistakes um, times myself. I'm not gonna lie, I will make I made a couple of mistakes like that many times, and I learned from it. And this is why it's very important for you to read and understand the crowd's behavior when you choose a certain selection of music to play. Exactly, I agree with that. Well, because I'm gonna get into a story about uh, my. Um... One of the doubleheader that me and my friend did at Colossal Con East this past year. But um, one of the things that I've noticed from that, too, is, like, you'll have people who play a certain type of music and then won't change the style. Or they'll play one style, but the style doesn't fit with the vibe of the room and they're not changing to try to figure out a vibe for the room. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to me. Like, Colossal Con East was... Um, the first year that I'd actually done like a technical real set with one of my really good friends, Mike, like we yeah. both, he hit me up. He was like, yo, I got my own room. We, we have like one of the big rooms for this year and we're going to be DJing. And we were DJing with a, we set up our own stuff. And then one of the other guys that was there ended up coming on and they were a really good DJ. They've DJed at plenty of cons. They headline a lot of places and stuff like that. And we love the guy. He was talented. He was great. He did a lot of good stuff. But we noticed that um, the room, they were really feeling the the weird mix of like techno, like um, what's what's a good way? Uh, like going from like the '90s and early 2000s hip hop to the Daft uh, ED- Punk EDM, yeah. like lighter style EDM, and he was kind of he was kind of like not not noticing that vibe so he kept going into the deeper style EDM that was kind of like more like background music as instead of the front foreground music in that yeah. sense oh hot and, music yeah and it was like he was phenomenal he he was probably he mixed way better than both of us but it was like he couldn't catch the mood at that point like i remember funniest thing from that con like it was hilarious and it always sticks to my mind i was up on the, I was up on, at the time, and I went from playing. What was it? I went from playing a Biggie song to MOP, and when I hit oh. that MOP and I hit the remix, my dude was like, he like just like the song had just finished. And he was like trying to catch his breath, and then he the song started, and he looked at me, his eyes got wide, and he's like, MOP now, what? And I was, oh man, I I got so <laughs> hype. It was like at the same like. It, it was funny because, like, this is a, during the same time, like, I was running back and forth from that room up to where you were playing because I still wanted to catch your set because we were playing at the same playing the same weekend in different rooms. Because I think oh, there yeah, was three, right. I think there was three different sets going on in three different rooms that weekend wow. at Colossal East, and 
I oh man, that was that was a hell of a weekend. That I had never had so much fun DJing a set yeah. like that. It's amazing, bro. It's a beautiful feeling. Like you, you know, when you play good music. Like me, I'm, I'm like the lit. I'm like the hype person. I'm like Travis Scott meets Lil John combined into one. I'm that literally that hype, that serious craziness. Because when I play, I like to play where people get that raw energy. Like I will put in like walk a flock of flame. It's a party. It's a party, and then come out of nowhere with DMX. Uh, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Like, I love to get the people so hype and crazy. And then, what I like about my what what I like about my mix or my playlist, however, I like to add a little different style to it. Like, yes, I had the hip-hop uh, 90s and early 2000s and the stuff that we used to grow up in high school and middle school. So, and then I like to switch it up, bring in the anime scene, like um, Naruto openings or uh, the Kingdom Hearts uh, 2 intro remix. Simple yes. And I mean, when I play music like that, people would lose their mind. I just like to play music that we all grew up on that, that make us like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard this since I was 12, since I was like <laughs> nine years old. Oh my gosh. And I mean, it just, it just really amazed them so much how like I get the crowd so crazy when I do mix, mixes like that. So it's a beautiful feeling, bro. I remember last year, uh, Colossal East. I, I heard you guys were DJing, and I was DJing at the same time. And it was just absolutely phenomenal, man. It was a great year. And look forward to seeing both of y'all DJ this year at Colossal East, man. Oh, yeah, same. I'm, Colossal East is, I think, is the last con of the year for me this year. Oh. I might be trying to go to – I think I might be trying to go to a couple other cons. But, like, right after Colossal East, I'll be dealing with some other personal stuff. So I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing. So it'll come up to what that happens, but like the quicker I get that settled, the quicker I can go back to cons. Is I'm trying to really go to Anime New York, Anime NYC this year too. Yes, please do. Um, speaking of Anime NYC, I'll be DJing at the after party, man. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like, hey, you more than welcome to come through if you want to spend, man. Hey, I, I'll get the people to come in, man. That's one thing I like about in this industry is that, in fact, as a DJ industry, it's hard for us. I'm really grateful that I have mentors that that help help show me the ropes and get me in. Shout out to DJ Q, shout out to DJ As One, that shout out to DJ Trez, uh, DJ Rags, DJ Obeya, and uh, DJ Scrape. Like these are the guys that some of them are Red Bull, the Red Bull freestyle champions. Like I'm getting trained by actual professional DJs. That show me the ropes. They show me the business. Because growing up in a DJ industry, it's it's really hard. It's really intimidating. Because you got guys that don't look that that look down on us. Like, oh, you just gotta look controller, man. You ain't got the vinyls. You ain't doing nothing. I'm like, it's a generational thing. And for me as a DJ um, artist, I like to uplift my other DJs. I got a friend of mine named Kuma Tarantino, really cool DJ. Uh, I was working with him last uh, over the weekend at MomoCon. So he was DJing at the BlurCon table. Ashley job, I got the crowd going crazy, and I introduced him to Sonic Boombox. Like, hey, hey, how about we have some opening for next year's uh, at the party? So they, they, you know, think about looking uh, forward to put him in. And I, that's one thing I like to do is uplift other DJs. If you're going through the same same path that I was going, I want to make sure that we all work together, not just uh, put ourselves down. So that's all I like to do. Yeah, no, it's a great thing too because like. 
no matter what in any industry, no matter what you're doing, if you there are people who get through on their own, but there are also people who meet that one person that helps them take that next step. Because sometimes you can only get but so far by yourself. Like you can't make that next real step by yourself. And when that person who's already in the industry helps you make that next step and gives you that shot that you need to really go make a name for yourself, it it, it becomes a life it becomes a life life changer. Like it's it's amazing. Like it, it's something that you'll always be able to cherish, something you'll always remember. You'll be able to look back and be like, "I'm glad I talked to that talked to that person. I'm glad I met them. I'm glad they took that time out of their lives to really help me make that next step. And I'm glad I didn't make it worthless for them. You know." Oh, so yeah. that was a great thing. Although I do want to, I do want to say there's one thing that happened at Colossal East that um, still cemented as my favorite con from last year. And I know you were there. I know you saw that happen on Saturday night at midnight when they like went through. You know, like a lot of cons as of late have been really tough on people in rooms, making them be very quiet. Oh, yeah, Everybody's yeah. kind of moved on to the lobby, and the next thing you know. We have a lobby. We have a lobby set going on. Was I mean, Otaku's with attitude. It was you guys over there in that on that table. Y'all had the little mini table, the one speaker, playing music right by the um, right by the big uh, big centerpiece pool uh, pond thing, and like it was insane. I took probably four live videos during <laughs> that, and I was just sharing. It was it was great. It was probably the funnest time I've had in a long time. I've, outside of like all of the con, all of the parties and all the panels that I go to, it was the funnest time I've had at a con in a while. And I got to dance and chill and like they, and the people at the desk were having fun too. It was like, oh yeah, it was they, a great time. I saw them too. Like it was perfect because um, the location where all of us was DJing at, it was at the the top five. It's like a big penthouse suite. So of course, yeah. the loud noise is uh, it's right across the people people uh, the residents that's trying to. You know, get some sleep. So they decided to, hey, let's bring everybody to the lobby area. So that way they keep the music and, and partying away from the people that's sleeping. So that was literally a perfect idea for them to have their party right in the lobby, little ta- on a little table, little speaker, and laptop set right there. And people just party the rest of the whole night, which is really great for them. So, yeah, I love the way the hotel handled it because they came over. I think they only came over once. And they were like, they came over two times. Once to get the people who were smoking their vapes inside to not smoke their vapes, and then the other time to tell us that it was time to close it up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It was like it, it was basically like a little free con, a little of another after party. It was the after party for the after party. Exactly. <laughs> it was it was a hell of a time, and I that was like that was the mat, that was the way to go out on a Saturday for a oh, con. Oh, absolutely, I agree. I mean, I, I, I that's what I love about conventions and especially the uh, the hotels, the, the staff that works completely hard. I give them kudos and thank you for letting us host our events at their hotels and resorts so we can all enjoy ourselves and have a great time. We're not trying to start no troubles. We just want to have a nice little small party and just have a great time. Nobody gets hurt. People um, get to the places very safe, and, it just, and they can at least say, "Hey, I had a great time here at Colossal East or Otacon or Anime Expo." So that's what or BlurCon, yeah, exactly. Especially it's... BlurCon. Look, BlurCon. <laughs> no, no, this, things are different. BlurCon. It's it's like a, a a black family reunion. If you saw some, if you saw some trouble, oh, trust me, you getting out the door. Like, period. Like, we don't play that. But I'm very really happy that we had 
zero. I mean, this is our third year. We had zero incident about BlurCon, and that is fantastic. That's why I like about the con. Like people, everybody knows one another. We're not here to start no drama. We're not here to start no trouble. We're here to enjoy ourselves. And then if we all going through something, we look out for one another. That's the whole purpose of people love going to um, BlurCon. Because we all look out for one another. We all family. We all one. It's a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. And I love it when that happens. Because less incidents means more cons going that year. means more for next year and the year after. And I don't have to worry about them disappearing. Because yeah. cons are a very good time to get away. For people who don't... who Like, who... Spend who spend a decent amount of money, or like they want certain merc, and they don't have, say, like they don't have the time to get a passport, or they don't really have the, the the wants or the need to get a passport, and they want to like still go and do something. You know, yeah. it's a good excuse, a good way to get away for a weekend, absolutely, and not like kill your bank. You know, absolutely. It's- and what I like about um, BlurCon, they are very reasonable. So for those that don't know, at BlurCon, the batches are only fifty dollars. Yes, $50 for the whole entire weekend. So you don't have to worry about going to these cons that's called for $80 up to $100. You can just go there for three days, uh, $50. And the hotel rooms are $103 a night. So, and right now. Anybody who doesn't know math, anybody who doesn't know math, like, you can get a room for like four or five people and you're probably spending under 200. You're spending maybe around 200 for the whole weekend badge included. Literally. Like, it's like compared to other cons, you probably end up cuffing like five up to $800 room for the whole weekend. So Yeah, Otacon? The badges for Otacon, last I checked, are 100 at the door yeah. and 80 for pre for pre-sign up. And that's like... I saw that. I was like, "Oh my god, that's steep!" But I still might do it for that for that new job that's concert. You know, I'm like, "It's Otakon." I mean, they're doing this for over 25 years now, so I was like, "Why not?" So, uh, it's really great. But yeah, BlurCon, you know, I love it. It is. Uh, I've been na- also. I forgot to tell you, uh, I've been officially named as the official DJ at BlurCon. So. Oh, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I mean, it was a big honor. Dude. Everybody surprised me. So, uh, shout out to Hilton George, the uh, founder of BlurCon. Uh, Haas was the co-founder and the entire staff of BlurCon. They all decided to nom- uh, name me as official. I feel very honored and grateful because um, I've been with them since year one when I was at the table promoting um, BlurCon just by playing music. And People love the style of it. That's why I, I like to uh, to change the the con community. Like, yes, I love all weed music it, and and EDM style and stuff like that. But some people like to enjoy like our our today's music. You know, like Bruno Mars or Beyonce, Taylor Swift. And when I play music like that, a uh, perfect example for MomoCon last year. Uh, I remember I was DJing. I was playing Queens, and this lady across the um, booth from us, she was like, you know, as she drawing sketches, but yet you can see that she's enjoying herself and having a great time. And then I started playing uh, Footloose from the movie Footloose. A group oh, of such a good song. I know, right? A, a whole group of cosplayers came in the middle of our table start doing the old school 80s Footloose dance move. And I mean, it, it blew one's mind. Like, people loved it. And I have one person who will literally come up to me Hand me twenty dollar bill a tip for just for playing good music. I'm like, wow! Like, 
and, and this is why I wish con communities will hear this. Like, yes, I understand uh, the, the the cons are focused on Japanese animation, pop culture, but we also wants to blend in with some of today's music. That's what I like about Sonic Boombox because Sonic Boombox is known for hosting a great after parties that's more like a, a nightclub style with a little bit of anime, anime uh, video game mixed to it. So this yeah. is why people enjoy the way I have my music set like that. So it's, it's been great. It's been fun. Like, and I love it. I, I, I still want to continue doing this for the next 20, 30 years, man. Like, I love it. I'm right there with you, man. Like, all that kind of like just seeing all that energy from all these different people when you're playing the music and everything, it's a great feeling. All right, so that's pretty much all we got for today. Is oh. there any other quick shout outs you want to do? Oh, Anything man. you want to say? Uh, let me just shout out to, to uh, let me, I'm gonna be honest, guys. I just want to say thank you, God, for giving me this blessing gift of talent, talents. I want to thank my family, my mom and dad, my sister, and my niece, Chloe. I love you so much, my grandparents. My aunts, uncles, cousins, and I want to thank big shout out to the Con Legends, Sonic Boombox, Blurcon family, and of course my adorable girlfriend Mariah. Love you, babe. All right, guys, that's all we got for today. A hell of a podcast today, of course. Uh, you always see more from me. It's great working with you, DJ Taylor Senpai. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great work with you too, bro. You just call me senpai. I mean, everybody stop calling me now, so it's all good. It's nice working with all you, bro. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I will see you very soon. Absolutely. Until then, Con Corner is all done, my friend. Take it easy.